welcome to the Macabre Emporium. Welcome to Macabre Emporium. We're on episode 24. And if this is your first time joining us, welcome. And you're in for a special treat because the time has come. Ugh. I've only been waiting five months for this. For my turn is finally here to roast Sarah for her 40th birthday. Ha ha, but it was six months. <laughs> Whatever, close enough. If you're a new listener that also likes to jump around and would like to hear my birthday roast and the origins of how birthdays come around, check out our episode four, Over the Hill. Even though I am older than her, she's still getting the same treatment. Oh, whatever. She, I'm pretty sure this is part of why she wanted me to take this break with her, was so she could try to avoid doing this, even though I would have made it the very first episode when we came back. No, not but, to avoid this. No, uh, mm-hmm, sure. Just to give you a break while I was taking a break. I know. But That's all. I wanted to keep it consistent for our listeners. I know. But I'm sure your AARP membership card is in the mail in a... And it'll probably come out by the time this next episode. Well, no. This However, episode in, or the next one comes out. Within the last month, I think I've gotten two for you. No, I doubt that. They're probably for my dad, really. Since <laughs> we tend to get his mail for some odd reason. That it, Yeah, that's really weird. <clears throat> and before we start this off, I just want to note that if something happens with me in the next week or so, I did not kill myself. <laughs> so with that being said, so the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to start off with some jokes for Sarah here. Okay, God. Sarah is so old when God said, let there be light. Sarah was there to flip on the light switch. Yep, I was. Sarah is so old that she remembers rainbows in black and white. Okay. Sarah is so old, Julius Caesar asked her what time it was. <laughs> Sarah is so old, when she went to the liquor store, the clerk asked for ID, and she said, that will do, and her blockbuster card fell out. <laughs> That is a good way to judge somebody's age, though. <laughs> Sarah is so old that there wasn't a history class. They just had current events. Current events. Yeah. Sarah is so old, she knew Gandalf before he had a beard. <laughs> but Gandalf's awesome, so whatever. And so for this last joke, Sarah is so old, her first pet was a T-Rex. Oh, yes, that one was selected for very specific reasons. <laughs> Do you care to share those reasons with the listeners? If you know the joke behind the T-Rex story with Sarah, you know, you'll get a laugh out of that. But it's a long-standing joke about Sarah being a T-Rex because of how short she is compared to me. Uh, yeah. Or something along that lines. I don't remember. It was it was because of your niece that was here when we were playing a game, mm -hmm. and I had tried to reach across the table to grab the card, and I couldn't reach all the way across the table. <laughs> That's what that is That's what started what that. All right, so we're gonna do some fun facts. We're gonna get two rounds of fun facts today, actually. Okay. So first, the fun facts are. We're doing about 1983, the year where you were born. And then some fun facts about today's subject matter. Okay. A gallon of gasoline in here in our state of Indiana was 88 cents, and the national average was $1.16 a gallon. Damn. The average cost of a new home was $82,600, and existing homes went for $70,000. 
A new car cost about $15,000, and the top-selling cars of 1983 were the Oldsmobile Supreme, Ford Escort, and the Ford LTD. Ford Escort, my God. Stephen King would have two bestsellers this year with Pet Cemetery and... Let's see another one you might think. Hmm, from that time era. Uh... I don't know. All his book, He comes out with books so damn quick. Like... I don't know. It could have been fucking any of them. No guess? No. Christine. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. McDonald's would serve its 50 billionth hamburger and introduce Chicken McNuggets the same year. Oh, the nugs. And as some would joke, that whore Wendy from across the street would introduce baked potatoes as well. That whore Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if you might need a dipper, dipping sauce or some, like, Dressing for your baked potato, Hidden Valley Ranch would release onto store shelves. The ranch dressing. Mm -hmm. Wow, you just, are you starting to feel it or something over there? The look on your face. No, I would. I had the yawn. <laughs> and to wash all that down, you could also grab an ice cold Diet Coke. And if you didn't like caffeine, you could also finally get caffeine free soda this year, Ugh. or pop, depending on the region you're from. Caffeine free pop is so gross. Yeah, it's like carbonated sugar water. That's what my mom drank was caffeine-free Diet Coke, and it was, <laughs> it tasted like the aluminum can it came in. <laughs> so would you like some sugar in your carbonated water there? Right. But if, you know, after you got home and was wanting a late-night snack of ham and cheese, just go to your freezer and grab the brand new Hot Pockets. Hot Pockets came out the year I was born? Yep. Damn. And very popular fragrance brand that's usually associated with high school boys axe body spray actually came out in 1983 did it really yes it did i yeah. didn't know that was, was that the old. one thing that i was surprised by this when i was trying to find products and other various facts about your birth year that i i thought that was a newer thing definitely not from back then Ugh. and also the axe is marketed in the united kingdom as lynx lynx yep like the animal Oh. Like our beloved Sticky Paul Lugosi likes to think he is sometimes. So the top five hits on the Billboard Hot 100 for 1983, starting at five. Number five. Okay. With Billie Jean by Michael Jackson. Okay. Jeopardy by Greg Keen Band. I have no idea. You If played the song, you probably wouldn't even know it. Okay. Mr. Roboto by Styx at number three. Domo Arigato, Mr. Roboto. Mm -hmm. Okay. And Michael Jackson again with Beat It. Mm. And what do you think the number one song was for I'm the hoping, entire year? I'm hoping David Bowie something, but it's probably not. Nope. Mm. I don't know. Now you're going to take a guess? No. Do you know how much music came out that year? I know. And I was like, you know, not old enough to remember any of that shit. So no, True. I have no clue. The number one song for 1983 was Come On Eileen by Dexie's Midnight Runners. Oh, she was a whore, too. It's actually a bunch of guys. Eileen? Oh, okay. <laughs> Thought you meant the band for some reason. But, yeah, for honorable Eileen. mention from one of Sarah's favorite artists, at number nine, Let's Dance by David Bowie. Oh, yay! And one for me at number 11 was Dorian Duran, Hungry Like the Wolf. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Sarah's theme song of One Night in Bangkok wouldn't oh, be released until October 1984. <laughs> and so now we're going to be moving on directly on to our top toys of 1983. <laughs> you threw that in there. I 
want to throw my phone at you. I'm going to set it down. Oh, that was part of... I took a picture of that on my script, and I sent it to your sister. Uh-huh. Yes, Michelle's the one that I sent it to. Oh! <laughs> so, so her whole version of Rick Rolling that she did to you last night, that was all on her own. The bitch. I just wanted to show her that, that I threw that in there. Oh, you two <laughs> tag teaming. Unintentionally tag teaming you. Skeevy hustlers. <laughs> uh, just so you know, I fucking loathe that song. She loves that song. I despise that artist's name that is Murray song. Head, by the way, if you're curious to know what it is. And I couldn't like, have even told you that. I, I'm surprised you couldn't tell me that. You were just going to say I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an awful fucking song. It should go die in a fire. However, the Mike Tyson version from... Yeah, that's the only version of it that she liked. <laughs> because it's hilarious. <laughs> when the, you know, the world's your oyster. <laughs> like this. It's that, yeah, it's great. So, as I was saying, some of the top toys of 1983, the original NES console would debut in July of this year obviously mm-hmm. at $89.99 and of course you know what I did with all this stuff because out of curious... calculator yep comes out to two seventy one eighty nine. damn Even, uh, yeah oh just wait for this next one okay the Atari 5200 in 1983 was $199.99 coming out to $604.25 Eesh. so which with these two items on there i was originally going to do the video game crash of 1983 mm-hmm. but i wanted to save that because i wanted something more related to your birth year that you probably mm-hmm. had as a child mm-hmm. the hasbro glowworm if you i loved those i wasn't sure if you had one yep. we, i didn't have one they would retail for nine dollars and 99 cents when would cost you thirty dollars and 18 cents today i think they still make them not Did the way I? that we had right. them, but yeah, I believe they still make them. They probably make them with LED lights instead mm-hmm. of incandescent lights that get burned down your house now. <laughs> probably, but yeah, they still make them. Well, I'm sure the LED ones could possibly too, but it's going to take a lot more to yeah. do that than the original glowworms probably yeah. could do. And the Cabbage Patch Kids would they like reach the height of their popularity in 1983, and, and it's retail for nineteen dollars and ninety nine cents. Mm-hmm. Equaling $60.40 today. Damn. And the Cabbage Patch Kids are actually what story I'm bringing everybody this week. Ooh. Other than the slight roasting you just got. Yeah. My asshole burns a little bit. Thanks. <laughs> so this is more of a backstory. It was going to be about the riots that occurred with this. But when mm. I started looking into information for it, I found the whole backstory of the Cabbage Patch dolls more interesting than... This one particular event, which we could I could have done for a clearance bin episode, mm-hmm. but thankfully I found more information on the Cabbage Patch dolls and reading into it. And I was just like, "What the fuck, really? <laughs> What's the name that comes to mind when you think the, of the creator of the Cabbage Patch dolls? Uh, who's the creator of the Cabbage Patch dolls? Xavier Roberts. Never heard the name. That's his. His signature is stamped on to every Cabbage Patch doll that's made. As a kid, that's not something yeah. I would have paid well, attention to. Well, I thought maybe to. you might have remembered Mm-mm. from being an adult. Nope. But there's actually one other person that is involved with the Cabbage Patch Dolls. Okay. Her name is Martha Nelson Thomas. Okay. 
So Xavier Ravis first originally quote unquote created these in 1982 after he would meet Martha Nelson Thomas in 1976 at a craft fair in Kentucky where Martha was selling her one of a kind dolls that were self sculpt dolls similar to the body types of Cabbage Patch dolls we know and she named them doll babies. The doll babies are all hand-sewn and have been described as expressions of Martha according to her close friends making no two alike. Martha would also personally select the clothing for each one of the dolls that she would create. Okay. She would also have a birth certificate with them, giving their name, and then their interests or likes and things mm. like that. Sounds very familiar, doesn't it? Yeah. Yep. Xavier Roberts, the self-proclaimed self-sculptor in some interviews that I watched, had taken a strong interest in Martha's dolls and wanted her to supply them for his gift shop in Cleveland, Georgia, known as Babyland. Martha would end up going to Babyland eventually down there in Georgia and would become with, uncomfortable with Robert's overcharging for them and would take them all back. Robert was selling Martha's creations under the name Little Persons and selling them between $100 to $200. Damn. So after returning back to Kentucky with the dolls, Martha and her husband, Tucker Thomas, would receive a letter from Robert stating, basically plain words is, if I can't sell your dolls, I will sell something just like them. And Aww. this was quoted from her attorney in some of the videos I watched. Damn, he ripped them off. Mm-hmm. Martha and her husband, Tucker, became aware of Xavier Roberts selling his version of Martha's original design when a lady commented to her that she had seen her dolls in the Atlanta airport, which Martha replied to her that she wasn't selling them to the Atlanta airport. By 1983, the Cabbage Patch Kids exploded with the backing of Coleco Industries, the creators of ColecoVision. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. What made these Cabbage Patch dolls so popular was the unique identity each doll had, similar to Martha's doll babies. No two were the same. They would all have different eyes, skin color, hair, smile, etc. Right. And the way Coleco created this ability to do this in such a large scale and not repeat the same two dolls twice is they would use this current technology to randomize them. Oh. And they would keep the, you know, keep track of all of the all log of how mm -hmm. they each, you know, eye color, hair color, and skin together so they wouldn't repeat the same thing with a new name. Right. With Doll Babies and Cabbage Patch Kids, you didn't buy one of them. You would, quote-unquote, adopt them. Right. Smaller retail shelves would have signage that read, smaller retail shelves would have signage that read Cabbage Patch Kid Adoption Center. Some of the larger retailers like Macy's and FEO Schwartz, for example, would have full Cabbage Patch Kid adoption centers with nurses and go through the birthing process. Ugh. This process would be pulling the doll from a cabbage head and announcing to the waiting parent if it was a boy or a girl and sprinkling baby powder on them and then placing them in a diaper before handling them off to the new parent. That's strange. Yeah, I thought it was too. Uh-huh. You could also have the same experience down in Babyland in Cleveland, Georgia, which is still open today. In Babyland, you can see the hospital staff feeding, caring for the newly born Cabbage Patch kids, where they would spend their days laughing and playing with others until they are adopted. You could also witness live births of the Cabbage Patch kids, where the doctor would announce how many leaves are dilated. So How many leaves yep. are dilated? So it would be like three cabbage <laughs> leaves dilated, five cabbage leaves dilated. Like they were, like some of the videos I watched, it was like a whole stage presence for this. Wow. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to watch that. 
and also in the middle of announcing how many leaves the cabbage leaves dilated they would also ask for tlc yep exactly what you're thinking tending love and care wow and imagicillin Im- imagicillin mm-hmm. the imagination penicillin <laughs> yes pretty much <laughs> And then shortly after this, the doctor would also do the same thing the nurses did in the larger retailers would pull, you know, the doll from the cabbage uh-huh. head as well with more pageantry than the re- retail virgin would. And if you're lucky enough to go through the adoption center experience, either as a larger retailer or Babyland itself, you would also take an oath. Okay. And like as of taking an oath, they would have you raise your right hand or left hand. I don't remember exactly. And then they would say, you know, repeat after me. I promise to love my Cabbage Patch kid with all my heart. I promise to be a good and kind parent. I will always remember how special my Cabbage Patch kid is to me. That's so weird. And if you bought a retail version, this oath was also printed on the birth certificate. And there was, uh-huh. a, you know, a line for you to sign as a parent name, a witness, and all this stuff too as well. That's so weird. Yeah. Although, okay, so like I've never been to Build a Bear. Do, don't right. do they do kind of the same thing there? Yes. Okay. I've never been, so I don't know. Yes, yeah, so I have Build a Bear, and <clears throat> mm-hmm. I have gone. I was like, I got it like in my twenties, like when like they were all the rage, like the Cabbage Patch Kids yeah. were. So you go through the whole process of you know, picking out the shell and then stuffing it, fluffing it, all that good stuff, and then you do go type out a birth ticket. So you choose the name, but it fills in the auto date. It mm-hmm. auto fills in the date for you and all that stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it's very similar to Build a Bear. So maybe Build a Bear okay. came off the whole idea of this. Possibly, who knows? Maybe. And similar to like the doll babies that Martha Nelson Thomas created, they also too would have a birth certificate with a brief introduction with their name and things they like to do. With this as the main idea behind the Cabbage Patch Kids, people lost their minds over them. Some of these news reports I did watch for this story. Um, the store managers in one store, he would, you can see him literally shouting at people with an aluminum baseball bat in hand, telling, getting them to calm down. More <laughs> likely to protect himself because these are like hundreds of people showing up for maybe thirty-six dolls. If the story even got them. Jesus. So I mean, it's very. And this is like one dude against a horde of people. Yes. Eek. And other location store employees and security guards just literally picked up the boxes and just started tossing them in the crowd as well, too. Another video I watched was a worker that was there, and she recalled that the whole wave effect that happens in crowds uh-huh. was happening against making the front doors breathe, basically. And oh, my like, God. They had signage for Cabbage Patch dolls this way. They just blew straight through it and everything. That's like, crazy. People are fucking crazy. Yeah. And some of the other things that would happen, you know, grown women tearing the box from the arms of a child. Two women were also spotted, you know, locked in a fight, holding each other's hair like two bucks locked with their antlers locked, basically, with this box of with a Cabbage Patch doll on the ground in between them for the most part. No. Oh, my God. And, of course, injuries were also common with, you know, something like this. I mean, anywhere from, you know, your minor 
bumps and bruises, scrapes, all the way up to a broken leg in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. A broken leg? Yep. One lady had her, ended up getting a leg broken from trying to attain a, a Cabbage Patch doll. Jesus. And also one good dad would show up late for work trying to get one of, one of these Cabbage Patch dolls for his daughter, but he wasn't going to tell his boss that's why he was late. Uh-huh. Uh, one of the other witnesses would be seen would state seeing another woman being attacked with a purse strap around her neck as she clings on to the Cabbage Patch doll. I mean, is it really worth being, being uh, strangled by a purse? I don't know. For a Cabbage Patch doll. I mean, I guess back then if they were new and right. hot commodity, but damn, that's crazy. Toys R Us and Sears, JC's Pennies. And other retailers would hold lottery styles for shoppers to purchase one of these dolls. So if you had a number and your number uh-huh. got called, you would have to rush into the back of the store and make your selection before the mobs would start following. And, you know, because strength in numbers for the most part. Right. In Saskatchewan, Canada, there would be this style of lottery, but by they would take all the names for those present and tell them that this is not you getting... A doll by winning the lottery. This uh-huh. is a chance for you to win, uh, not to win, to purchase one of the Cabbage Patch Kids. Right. And for an example, their one lottery at this one store that, in Canada, they had 400 names in a box that they pulled for 36 dolls. 36. 400 names? Yep. Damn. Some parents would wait, wait up to eight hours or more in hopes of scoring a Cabbage Patch Kid doll. Yeah. One woman would tell a reporter that it was ridiculous that her husband even works for Toys R Us and he can't even get one for her. That's crazy. One of the things that stuck out of my head was this one lady that was super angry about it. And she, she was making the comments like, what am I supposed to tell my daughter on Christmas morning that Santa was like short of supply? Don't tell her anything. She yeah. Did, she didn't know <laughs> she was going to, you were trying to get right? her. You know, just, that's stupid. Yeah. I, I kind of get it, trying to get, you know, certain things, like when we were trying to get an NES Mini. Uh-huh. It kind of comes to mind. The demand was so high, retailers could receive anywhere from five to 500 at one time. Probably 500 would be like your Toys R Us stores. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And even though you had people by the thousands trying daily, weekly, uh-huh. to try and get one of these dolls. Some parents would also drive up to hundreds of miles a day to try and obtain a Cabbage Patch doll. Like one lady from New York said, but Pennsylvania is only like two hours away. I think it's worth it. And one store in Canada, New Jersey would set up a trading post of sorts as where you could sell your Cabbage Patch doll you just bought for $20 and they would give you 40 for it where they would turn around and sell it for 50 And one lady in the clip said that was asked like you understand you just bought a twenty dollar doll a twenty dollar doll for fifty dollars she's like yeah i understand that but it's more so for the cost of me driving around town all day and pay thirty dollars in gas and aggravation yeah to give you a better idea of how chaotic this was i wanted to read a blog posting from memoirs of a doll riot veteran by alan k stout from the times leader newspaper that he wrote in 1998 okay the store lines may be long, the traffic hectic, and the people a bit pushy on this Black Friday. But days like today, traditionally the busiest shopping day of the year, always seem like a breeze to me. I've survived much greater battles. It was 15 years ago today that I emerged unscathed from one of the greatest shopping massacres of all times. Yes, I admit it. 
I was at the now infamous Zara's Cabbage Patch Riot. And it all began with the simplest request from Mom. Zara's is getting a shipment of those Cabbage Patch dolls on Sunday, and I've been trying to get one for Susan for weeks. She said, I need you to go with me. If we get up there, get up there early, maybe we can get her one for Christmas. It's all she wants, and with two of us, we might have a better chance. Having a sister ten years my junior, I'd seen this before. Strawberry shortcakes, Smurfs, you name it. Susan had it. But there had never been anything quite like the Cabbage Patch craze. Supply, for some reason, could not meet demand, leaving the prospects of a lot of disappointed kids on Christmas morning. Still, I wasn't an easy sell for the Cabbage Patch quest. Asking a teenager to get er, to, asking a teenager to get up early on the weekend to do something enjoyable can be challenging. Asking a teenage boy to get up early on the weekend to go buy a doll as well. Sticking out for Rolling Stone tickets, I could understand, but for a doll. <laughs> right. Eventually, however, the dutiful big brother instincts kicked in and I agreed to join mom on the zany mission. I felt confident we'd snag one of these fluffy babies as well. We left the house a few hours before the store's opening. And I, f- I thought a few people would actually be there. As it came down as we came down the hill towards this store, I couldn't believe my eyes. There before us were hundreds of people. Some of the papers later would report who'd been there since midnight. Undaunted, we proceeded forward. Waiting for the store to open, the conversations among the masses were cordial. Everyone had a story about some child in the family who desperately wanted one of these ugly dolls. Mm-hmm. I took comfort in seeing one of my friends from Wyoming Valley West High School at what I had deemed a very uncool scene. As well until 8.50 a.m. when the doors finally opened, it was then that the previously mild-mannered group, which by then had reached nearly 1,000 transformed into a frenzied pack of wolves. A massive surge pushed everyone forward as the crowd frantically entered the store. Still, there was uncertainty as where the dolls were located. Rumors outside had hinted they were not in the toy department, but at the front service desk. The feverish hunt had begun. Mom and I split up, and I noticed a throng gathered near one of the front counters. Heading in that direction, I saw people running at full speed, pushing, shoving, elbowing, and screaming, Insanity. Even an offbeat, even an offbeat teenager like myself, probably wearing a jean jacket and a twisted t-shirt, felt I was above the situation. This, I thought, is silly. <laughs> Soon, the store manager later quoted saying he was fearful of his life. Began fending off the crowd with a baseball bat, standing behind the counter with a bat twirling in the air. He began tossing the dolls over the crowd, which of course triggered the same reaction you get from a fumbled football on Super Bowl Sunday. One poor one was lucky enough to snatch a doll later and was pushed to the floor and, had, and had it torn from her grasp. She was later taken to the hospital with a broken leg, four others were also treated for injuries. Jesus. After what seemed like only a few minutes, it was over. I could not bring myself to shove or hurt anyone for a doll, so I watched most of the chaos from the sidelines. Mom and I would learn after reloc- relocating her in the aftermath, we had done the same. We headed back to the car empty-handed, but both with our integrity and dignity intact. <laughs> yeah. That night, Wilkes-Barre was in the national news. Clips of the fiasco, mostly of the bat-wielding manager, appeared on CNN and ran, and stories ran in newspapers around the country. A few weeks later, Santa somehow came through and Susan got her cabbage patch doll for Christmas. But you'll never find me on a mall on Black Friday or wildly searching for the season's trendy gift. The trauma of my experience still runs deep and... 
while I don't hear the chopper blades or gunfire, I can still hear the uproar of the crowd. I can still see the dolls flying through the air. I can still feel the madness. But hey, have fun out there today. Drive safe, be patient, and remember, no matter how bad it gets, it will never match the spectacle of November 27th, 1983. No Furby is worth it. <laughs> no Furby. Dude. For a doll. Right. And like I said, this is from 1998, so that's where the whole Furby thing yeah. came in. And this is also re- reminds me of Tickle Me Elmo dolls. Oh my god, yep. I remember the local newspaper here uh, published an article that a lady actually found one in a Goodwill store here. Bought it for $6 because it was broken. She wrote to, I think it's Hasbro that makes the uh, Sesame Street toys. And they sent her a new box. The, the box inside she paid like $25 for this new internal mechanism oh damn no so she like really paid what $31 at this point but yeah. still people were paying hundreds <clears throat> for lot. them yeah. you know now remember Martha Nelson Thomas I mentioned earlier yes in 1979 she started the legal process that would happen to take action against Xavier Roberts for copying her original idea of the doll babies I had brought up earlier yeah his defense was that he was inspired by Martha's dolls, but he changed the design. Was his main defense for this. He changed the design. Yeah. And looking at the pictures of this, all he really changed was like the pigment of the dye for the skin color for the most part. So like the head shape and everything was the exact same? Yep. Like you'll like they'll see in the blog, uh, our posting in our Facebook group for this, how yeah. similar that they actually looked. Jesus. And when we're I'll show you all later on. So there's really no no saying, I didn't copy that. Right. Yeah, Jeez. and like seeing these pictures and reading about this, it was so hard for me not to throw in fucking names on Xavier Roberts, you know. <laughs> I bet. After reading about this and mm-hmm. how her family described her as a very meek, mild-mannered, salty-earth type kind of person, very yeah. shy. In 1985... She would end up taking Roberts to court, seeking $1 million in damages, and around this time, there was a nine-month waiting list for Cabbage Patch dolls as well. Holy shit. With photographs as part of the evidence from her close friend, Guy Mendez, as early as 1975 with her doll babies, along with how blatantly clear how similar they looked to the Cabbage Patch Kid dolls Mm -hmm. in the photographs of her with her original creations predating... The Cabbage Patch Kids. Right. Roberts would end up settling out of court midway through the trial with Marcin Nelson Thomas for an undisclosed amount and recognition of her influence on the Cabbage Patch Kids. <laughs> the amount has never been revealed, and the only hint to the amount was that her actual children would go to college. Oh. The one thing that could have prevented all this was putting a copyright on the doll on the doll babies but Martha didn't want to do this as she felt that it would take away from the doll as being a person right because in the at this time copyright laws weren't what they are to this point now so to do a copyright in these times you would have to put the copyright with the circle or with the R on mm-hmm. it to show that it's a copyrighted piece I gotcha but with how Martha's personality came through with him when she created this. She was is what meaning that she felt it was going to take away from the doll as being a person. During the entire legal progress, Karma would show her teeth. Multiple companies would start producing their own variations, causing Roberts to go after them for copying his design. 
which he said was not his design because he settled out of court. Right. But this was also before he settled. Ah. This was a six-year period up to when she started the process because they didn't have a lot of money, so they went through court-appointed legal aids. Yeah. And with her attorney, he said that it was a common time frame for this kind of thing that happened is about six years when it happened. So with that huge craze happening from that, because Coleco didn't get involved until 1982, and then that's when the mass production happened, and then they started going nationwide. Oh, worldwide, really, because it was all the way up in Canada. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, other toy makers were like, oh, this is a great idea. Let's make our own version. Yeah. You know, it's basically what was going on with it. After the court case, Martha would continue making her original doll babies and selling a line of craft products to a company named Fiberline, allowing crafters to make their own versions of Martha's doll babies. Aww. Even with that waiting list, Cabbage Patch dolls would go for $30 to $150, and today that's anywhere between $92.50 and $462.47 today in 2023. Jesus. As whereas Martha's doll kits would cost only $16 or $49 today. She would go on still to be an artist in residence at her children's elementary school and do workshops with local Girl Scout groups and other organizations in the area. And she was still an art, a folk artist through her entire life, even before, during, and after the whole legal battle of trying to claim like influence of her or of the creation of where the cabbage patch dolls came from. Yeah. Martha, the mother of the cabbage patch kids would pass away from ovarian cancer in Louisville, Kentucky on May 26, 2013. And at Martha's funeral and celebration of life, her family would reserve the front pews of the church for the dolls that anyone may have had. And she saw them as her children when she created them. Her husbands and friends would say that Martha had a lot of love and used her doll babies as a main way to express that love. Martha's husband, Tucker, doesn't begrudge against Roberts as he marketed her product very well, and he would also go on to say that he and Martha had a wonderful life together. It wasn't elaborate, but it was wonderful, and he wouldn't trade that for a few dollars. Aww. But that's weird history of the Cabbage Patch Kids and their creations and the riots and... That's crazy. Yeah, you would not have thought of that kind of pandemonium would happen over such an ugly toy. And like a lot of the videos I watch, that's what a lot of people said. They're like, they're ugly, but I want one and I don't know why. Or they're ugly, but it's also cute at the same time. I don't... I was never a real big fan of Cabbage Patch. Um... My thing was, like, Rainbow Bright and all the Rainbow Bright, like, dolls. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, I never thought to ask if you had one when I decided to select this, but... Oh, I'm sh- I had some, yeah. But knowing this, like, we all know somebody that's had one. Uh-huh. And even my sister had one or two. I think she had one that was dressed as an astronaut at one point. And I even asked my dad that if he participated or if or saw any of these kind of things and he said he doesn't remember seeing those but he went as far as South Bend to go get one because there was the Toys R Us in Mishawaka at the time Yeah, but at the time at this who knows there was probably like KB Toys I think there was also a place called the Kids Palace that was in the same area I it might be it might have just been a smaller like regional chain that we had in our area it might have been a different name I don't know because yeah. I remember there being two like 
KB Toys and Toys R Us mm-hmm. and this third store that I can't remember the name of being in that area. But there was this video that I watched from Vice about a majority of this, about the whole legal proceedings and about the with Xavier Roberts. Yeah. Towards the end, there was a picture with all the dolls that showed up. And yeah, it made me feel the feels. Oh, I bet. Yeah. If you did like seeing this picture and hearing how he spoke of Martha, uh-huh. if you don't feel anything, you're obviously dead inside. Yeah. And then uh, the guy Mendez, like he referred to them as cabbage trash. <laughs> so here's some fun facts. Yay, I love these. About the Cabbage Patch kids. The Cabbage Patch riots were the main inspiration for the movie Jingle All the Way. Because of how going after the Turbo yes, Time doll and a lot of yes. the stuff that happened. Okay, okay. The world's largest collection of Cabbage Patch Kids totals 5,000 dolls and is housed in a 6,000 square foot building named Magic Crystal Valley. Referencing the crystal sprinkled by the bunny bee that Xavier Roberts saw when he was 10 years old in the mountains of Georgia that created the Cabbage Patch Kids. Uh-huh. And it has been, and this collection has been up for sale since 2015 for three hundred sixty thousand dollars, but is valued at nine hundred thousand dollars. Jesus Christ! There was I, even looking at the Magic Crystal Valley's website. It's just now a listing of. It's like one page, stating that the collection's up for sale and all the information on that. So they didn't specify why they're trying to sell the collection, like. And some of the things I did read about the Magic Crystal Valley Museum, they live in a trailer attached to it. They put more money into their collection, and, like, this collection was insane. Like, my eyes, like, grew huge when I saw how many there were. I was like, holy shit. The first original Cabbage Patch kids had cloth faces until Coleco started to produce them with the vinyl heads that most of us have grown Mm -hmm. up seeing. So anything dating 1982 is a original if it's an all cloth one and if I remember correctly in 1996 they re-released a collection of calling them the the uh, little people because that was another brand Aww. of doll that Xavier Roberts had before he took over with Cabbage Patch Kids okay the most valuable Cabbage Patch Kid is James Dudley from 1985 a blonde haired blue eyed Cabbage Patch Kid donning a red jersey with the number 31 and blue shorts his current value in the box is $3,000 Jesus. The rarest are the original Xavier Roberts Little People dolls that are autographed twins at 3500 I forgot to fucking find out what that one was because I originally put it in there. What's that? The most expensive one. Oh. It was like an Eddie Bauer edition or something like that. Oh my god, Eddie Bauer? It was one of those weird fucking high-end fucking clothing lines. Okay. Or, or Ducks Unlimited one, I think. I don't remember. The ink color of the trademark Xavier Roberts autograph determines what year the doll was made. Huh. In 1983, Roberts signed the dolls with a black pen. Green was used in 1984. Blue for 1985. Red in 1986. Aqua in 87. Lavender in 88. And Rose in 1989. Where I found that information, there wasn't anything color-wise past that, so I don't know. If they... Probably just a stamp at that point. Oh, I'm sure they were all a stamp if yeah. he was mass producing because I don't see him sitting there signing no. the backside of all these dolls. No. And there's like all sorts of variations. Like there was like major league sports ones where they're like in a baseball uniform for teams. They're also very sought after. 
that the couple that owns the Magic Crystal Valley collection said they spent $8,000, up to $8,000 on one, but they didn't specify which one it was. The most expensive one that they had was the High Life Cabbage Patch Kids, where they were dressed in, like, tuxedos and a flapper oh, dress, Lord. and said they paid, like, $1,000 a piece for the two that they had. Wow. Yeah. But when you when you collect something like that in an obsession, you don't care what the price tag is if you want because, you know, you want to have all of them. And they had all of them for the most part. Gotta catch them all. Yeah, kind of like Pokemon. Good lord. So, yeah, that was your birthday roasting, kind of. and Kind of. <laughs> and I'm choice of subject I didn't think would go the way that it did this week, because I tried to find something true crime for from 1983, and I couldn't find anything. That's okay. I had the same problem when I was doing yours. Right. It was hard, just hard to find stuff. Right, like I even try, I didn't even try to like narrow it down to your birth month or anything mm-hmm. like that. I like did the entire year. Yeah, but there's also one thing that from happened in 1983 that I have not brought up. What? That would not make this whole thing possible. What? Internet protocol was created in 1983. <laughs> so yeah. Sarah is as old as the internet. Oh, which means that you are older than the internet. <laughs> It's just the best thing about this whole episode is that me calling you old. <laughs> yeah. But we're the same age now, so. Yep. Yeah. How the fuck did that happen? What, that we become the same age? No, how'd we get old? It just happens. <sighs> Inside, I'm like 16. <laughs> <laughs> right. In my brain, I'm like 12. Yeah. But, yeah. What? That's crazy. I'm thinking it might be time we close the Emporium up for that day, Sarah. What do you think? Me too. I'm old and tired. With that said... Remember to creep it real. Okay, bye! Bye! <laughs> it's Iceland, or the Philippines, or Hastings, or this place. One night in Bangkok in the world's superstar. The bars are temples, but the pools ain't free. Please check out our website at macabreemporiumpodcast.com. Join our Facebook group by searching Macabre Emporium. Like and subscribe on YouTube at Macabre Emporium Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Macabre Emporium. And if you have any stories of the paranormal, your local true crime, or weird history that you would want us to look into and possibly do an episode on, email us at macabreemporiumpod at gmail.com. Remember to follow, rate, like, review, and share whenever and wherever you can and help us grow our little baby podcast.